This is Multinew Media. Welcome to Multinew Media, episode 79. I'm Chase Raz, your host through our journey to connect business and technology together. As an educator, consultant, and business developer, I scour the worlds, virtual and physical, to find the best content to keep your head in the game, so to speak, and to keep you motivated in business, up to date on technology, and eager to take on your company's next challenge. Christopher Woodward is going to join me in just a moment for an episode where we describe the deprecated and depreciated technologies of the past 10 to 20 years. But before we start, I want to make sure that you know your thoughts, perspectives, and involvements are very important to us. We list every podcast episode on our website, multinewmedia.com, and each episode page has its own comment section. If you want to touch base with us privately, though, you can always email feedback at multinewmedia.com and let us know your thoughts, show ideas, or whatever else. Maybe you'd like to represent your business or a topical interest on the show. Hint, hint, this is a bit of an all-call as we're thinking about some roundtable-type episodes in the future. Or maybe you'd like to hear us cover a particular technology or topic without you having to do any work. We're more than happy to oblige and let you kick back and listen. Beyond the website and email, though, if you can spare a moment of your time to head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review with feedback to let us know what we're doing right and what we can improve, we would very much appreciate it. If you're not on iTunes, we'd still appreciate you going over and providing a five-star review, but... Even making sure to subscribe to and share the show on Stitcher, Google Play Music, and the wide array of podcast apps on Android and iOS, well, that's just as important to us, and we truly thank you for listening, and reading, and commenting, and emailing, and everything else that you do to help keep this community going. So without any further delay, ladies and gentlemen, here's episode 79. Everybody talks about technology and time and how time has a factor on technology. So we're going to talk about really list top five technologies that have seen time pass them by. These are technologies that maybe five, 10, 15 years ago, somebody would have said, these are going to be around forever. We're always going to need this. And time has now shown us that, well, that's not quite true. And we're going to talk about technologies that are almost dead, pretty much dead, or will be dead soon enough, I guess, in some ways. So let's just go ahead and jump into the list. Uh, Christopher, what do you have up first? Well, the first one I'm going to go, and some people might accuse me of, of cheating because they don't see this as technology because it's paper, essentially. No, that's but okay. I have quite a few paper items on mine. It's tech. I'm talking about maps. I'm talking about the foldable roadmap. Now, you can still get one. Obviously, if you have a, you know, a AAA card, you can uh, get as many maps as you want of, of this country, states, cities, the world, what have you. But more and more, unless you're using it as an art piece to hang on a wall, maps, physical paper foldable maps have gone away. The GPS technology, maps on your phone, Google Maps, Yahoo Maps, whatever map app you want to use has replaced the roadmap. And for – I don't know about you, Chase, but – for me myself, I was a person that I grew up in a city area. So whenever I left the city area to use a map to find my way was a little tough at yeah. times. Now, of course, we have turn by turn directions, GPS positioning for all. Uh, but really, the days of, you know, fold up that map, get that map up, we got to find a different route. Uh, those days are slowly, slowly crawling to its final 
demise. I won't miss those days because you have to insert the obvious joke here about the paper doesn't fold the right way and it's folded in some obscure way to you know, make it as minimal as possible, but it never works out the same way. Now, I will admit, when you came up with the topic for today's show, I said, I'm going to need an example. I pulled what my students normally pull and said, okay, can you go ahead and do the work for me? And I stole this one from you, but I didn't say maps. I changed it enough. I'm not plagiarizing. Okay. So for my students listening out there, this is a derivative work. I agree with maps, but I see your maps and I raise you an atlas, right? Here's the difference. There's a technological distinction. One is a foldable piece of paper. Binding the other the is other. a bound book. But I do think an atlas for a different reason that um, maps, you're probably going to use. Yes, yeah, sure, you use an atlas to get from point A to point B, but not quite as much. It's more learning geography and elevation, and sometimes they'll throw those little tour guide tips in there. So I do think it's a different purpose. I think it's um, – at the end of the day, it's the same tech, but it's still slightly different, maps versus an atlas. So I did let's, – let's get my stolen one out of the way first. And I think it's important to notice that when we list these items, of course – the reason why this tech has become obsolete is because it was replaced by a more effective, more efficient, more user-friendly form of technology. In this case, the app on your phone that's going to tell you how many turns I mean, it is to get to Dairy Queen is much more effective, easier to use than unfolding a map. You know, And again, the interactive factor, which a map does not have, unfolding the map to find that Dairy Queen on route, whatever, 112 that you were looking for. So do you see the puzzled look on my face right now? It's because – I disagree with that statement. Let me start there. I don't know if apps are necessarily better yet. I mean I know Apple's not telling people to drive off of a bridge anymore. Uh, but some app companies still are uh, or map, uh, applications still are. And I just – I feel like, okay, the worst case that could happen with an old school map is typically, all right, you're going to Dairy Queen and the Dairy Queen's not there anymore. But it didn't say, all right, I want to get to London, so just drive however many thousand miles across the Atlantic. I mean we've seen some applications that do that. That's bad programming, but um, somebody's got to throw that in there. I mean I don't wholeheartedly stand behind my disagreement with you, but somebody's got to mention it. You're right because there are people out there that have no common sense and will do whatever they want. And will drive – they'll drive you know, on the beach or something and uh, – Siri can't be wrong. But OK. Another thing in fairness to my point, even though I'm exaggerating a little bit, um, was in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago and we were going from Tennessee to northern Georgia. Um, so going from a cabin we were staying at to visit uh, some, of my, uh, some of my wife's family and every single map application, whether it was Google, whether it was Microsoft, uh, they kept trying to take this most direct course. Even if we said, you know, don't use this, that or the other, some of these apps don't have don't use dirt road. And that's what we needed. We ended up on some type of a grade at an incline on a dirt road in a residential. I mean, we shouldn't have been where we were. Let me put it that way. So, yeah, I mean, a map, though, probably wouldn't have sent me down that road uh, or a paper map wouldn't have. It would have said, take this highway over to the next city and then cut south. Or you actually, you would have determined that from looking. at Right. The paper map doesn't tell you anything. You right. have to discern that information. And, and in fairness, I guess we should have done that with the digital map anyway, but we assumed. So that's our fault. So uh, I stole that one from you. What do you uh, What do you have next? Well, next up on my list, I'm going to go, and this one can expand into so many different subcategories, but physical media storage, whether you want to talk of, you know, video cassette, laser disc, 
DVD, zip drive, streaming. Whether you want to talk floppy disk, big floppy, little floppy, zip drive, whether you want to talk vinyl album, cassette tape, CD, and I know audio files will scream that I mentioned vinyl album, but uh. but the point is the physical media storage is getting smaller, smaller, and now totally disappearing. Uh, still exists, still has uses. I'm a lover of my physical media, but you have to admit that the days of you know amassing massive physical media collections or physical media storage areas is going away. We're relying more and more on cloud technology, more and more on streaming for our entertainment. So physical media storage, as we knew it, is slowly again it shrunk and now disappeared, yeah. or is disappearing, I should say. Well, you know what else shrunk and then disappeared? Um, speaking, I'm going back to paper for a little bit. Uh, was dictionaries? So yeah, we still have dictionaries are in our computers, but we're talking about little little tools, little parts of apps that say here's a definition of something. Yeah, that's technically a dictionary, but you don't go and look something up to figure out how to spell it. Now you give your best attempt, you right click and select the correct spelling. Right? You do something different. So before a dictionary you'd have, they, they used to be giant, then they became pocket dictionaries, and now finally just poof, it's a feature, not even a standalone, not even a standalone thing. You, you use a search engine or you use Microsoft Word or you use just your built-in tools and you right-click and say, yep, that's the word I want. You know, and I think it's important to point something out here. There, there's that mentality amongst uh, older generations sometimes about the whole – the kids have it too easy today because they don't have to go to the library and take out the book and find out the book isn't there. And, and to that I say the technology has improved. The ways that they learn improved. Yes, they do not struggle physically. <laughs> unnecessarily. And unnecessarily to obtain the information. And I always point out the to me the obvious. I remember being a kid and – going to the library and the book you needed wasn't where it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I remember trying to go to the library to find out, oh, they closed early that day. So how could I get it? I remember the incomplete encyclopedia sets that friends would have, missing the one volume you needed. So just because the access has improved and because it physically is not as laborious to go actually get this information – uh, don't blame the younger generation. Don't call them lazy. They're just taking advantage of technology the same way mankind has always taken care of technology. Man used to hunt with a stick all day. <laughs> so by that, you know, we're all lazy because we don't hunt with the stick. I anymore. mean, unless you go noodling and then you're hunting catfish with your hands. That's about it. Pretty close. But that's back to your second pick as well. The same type of thing is true. Let's say that you wanted to go buy an album. And uh, in the past, when it was on physical media, when it was on a CD or a cassette or vinyl, you had to wait till the store was open on the day it released. They had it in inventory. It was there, ready to go days in advance sometimes. It wasn't always shipped in that night. So it's there and arbitrarily waiting to release just like we do digitally now. But the difference is what if you had to work that day and you were work hours longer than the record store? And then maybe that happened the next day. And then next thing you know, it's three, four, five days and you still haven't had a chance to go buy something that you're – I mean you're a willing participant in the economy. You're ready to buy something and you are being uh, essentially opted out of the economy. So digital in all of these cases is a little bit better. So next up on my list is again one of those no-brainer types, landline phones. Now – Someone will no doubt point out to me, hey, there's still like a billion people 
using landline phones. And I get that. But watch that number as it steadily decreases over the next probably two decades, especially as we get through the developed countries and to the underdeveloped countries. It's ending. You know, the, the cell phone yeah. technology has improved. More and more people see it as more cost effective. Um, and honestly, in an interesting industry, uh, you know, the, how, the home building industry loves the fact that people aren't so demanding of landlines anymore because it's allowing them to develop areas quicker because then they don't have to deal with the phone companies and the running of the lines. And right. They can tell people, hey, just so you know, there's no landline available in this area yet. And most people will go, can I get cell phone reception as long as I can? I don't care. Well, you know, um, two points on that. One, in the de- in the truly developing worlds, they go mobile first because landlines were never economically feasible. Uh, and and whether it's because of a dense population in an economically impoverished area or whether it's a small population over a large geographical area. So both of those situations in developing nations prevented landlines from ever going in in the first place. And then here in the United States, more households rely on cell phones as their primary phone now than landlines. That just happened a few months prior to the recording and release of this show, uh, this episode. So uh, even here in the U.S., that's that's true now. So what's next up on your list? Uh, handheld calculators. Really? I tell you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure they're still used in uh, primary schools. Uh, I know we still have graphing calculators in uh, high school and collegiate applications. But for the most part, you and me, regular people outside of, um, you know, unless we're in a fourth grade classroom, we're just going to pick up our phone or we're going to go to our computer or we're going to launch a smart app on our TV through, you know, Amazon Fire Stick, something like that to perform our calculations because we have these giant calculators. I don't know if you've heard of these, Christopher. They're called computers. Have you heard of those? You know, I think I've seen one or two in my life. Yes. And, and the idea is I, I think a lot of people have a misconception of what the difference between a computer and a calculator are. And there used to be things a long time ago called reckoners. Well, all three of them really do the same thing, whether it's mechanical, whether it's digital now, whether it's quantum in the, compu- uh, in the future. It's all about computing, calculating. Number crunching is where we're getting. So a calculator and a key, uh, computer are, are really synonymous with one another. Uh, sure, one can do some addition and multiplication. The other can power an entire 4K monitor. But I, we just don't really need handheld calculators much anymore. It's a, it's a preference thing. You know, it's interesting to mention that because I always – mentioned to, to students that I, and I currently teach a finance class and I mentioned needing a calculator and I said, chances are you have one or two in front of you right now, referring of course to their computers and of course their cell phones. Uh, and I always think back to the teachers back in elementary school when I was a little kid who would say, you need to learn all this math because you may not have a calculator with you at all times. And I'm thinking, well, they were wrong about that one. Oh, much to the delight of all of the smart-ass children in the classroom, right? The ones that said, I'll always, I'll fine, I'll carry a calculator all the time. Well, they were right. the smart-ass ended up being right this time. Sometimes the smart-ass is just smart. Sometimes. Uh, next up on my list is an interesting one because I'm going to mention it and then I want to explain it because it's a declining technology. It's still got a ways to go, but, but the, to me, the big stride has happened. That's going to allow this to take place. I'm referring to NTSC, PAL, CCAM. Um, you know, again, for those that aren't familiar, we're talking about you know, the way the television broadcast formats. 
NTSC, National Television Standards Committee. It was 29 point something frames per second, right? Yeah, United States, uh, obviously North America, uh, PAL, phase alternating line. I think they were 30 frames per second. Yeah, Europe, Australia, parts of Asia. And also, there's also uh, CCAM, which is used in, in France and parts of Eastern Europe, Russia, Africa at points, but much, much smaller. Uh, it's similar to PAL, but it transmits the color information sequentially. Um, with digital television, um, some people, high def and digital, a lot of people thought, well, this thing's going to get wiped out quick. Uh, it's not wiped out quick, but the first big steps have made towards a global accepted standard of broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, the issue right now is, in many ways, the history. Obviously, a lot of programming, especially older programming that was broadcast in NTSC, PAL, when it gets converted to digital, it is still converted at the st- same frames per second rate. Mm. So as a result... Well, that can create transcoding issues down the line. It, it absolutely does. So we're not there yet, but we're starting on that road. And to me, it's only a matter of time. Again, the biggest issue is going to be archival footage and yeah. how that is used. Yeah. Um, uh, for those that don't know, whenever you watch, uh, for example, TV series, you know, you can watch a whole season of an old TV series on digital. But a lot of times, while they'll do a digital transfer of the series, sometimes this bonus features or whatnot is right. left in the original format. Yeah. Because they just didn't want to spend the time or the money to do a, a true transfer. So, again, I mean, you have the content. It's just not digitized or, or it's or, not in that format. Right. Really. Yet. So, again, redigitized. Th- this re- is more a, 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 we've now, I think, gotten over the hump. The decline has begun. I'm yeah. not saying NTSC and PAL will be gone tomorrow, but the decline has definitely begun for that. Yeah. Uh, so, my next item, my number four here, is um, because that was your number four, right? Yep. Yeah. So, my number four is something that, um, let me just jump into it cigarette lighters. Now, we're not talking about lighters that you carry in your pocket and set bonfires off with and you actually light a cigarette with. I'm not talking about that type of lighter. Um, what I'm talking about are the in-car, the round sockets, cigarette lighters put in a vehicle so that you could light your cigarette back in whatever decade in the 20th century they were put in. But what happened over time is they became more of a tool for power. Because all that was happening is the cigarette lighter was putting power, electricity, into a coil that was then heating up that would then light your cigarette. So as electronics, mobile electronics and portable electronics became more prevalent, these cigarette lighters became power uh, plugs. And you started to see we, – we saw what? Te- a little black and white televisions powered using those sockets. Uh, some of the early phone chargers used those sockets and, and the best sense of – oh, RVs. Sometimes you used to use a 12-volt power supply for, uh, you know, little plugs and you'd flip up and it's a little cigarette lighter socket. Even though there wasn't a cigarette lighter in there, it was the socket. And so what we have now and the best sense of irony is what really replaced it is, well, the cigarette lighters were used as an alternative purpose for power. Well, now we use USB for power. And so we have appropriately USB in our vehicles and elsewhere, RVs, planes, hotel rooms, and we use those USBs to sometimes, it's one rare application for it, but sometimes to power cigarette lighters and um, uh, all of these types of cigarettes that for vaporizers. Yeah, and you're right because I can think that in so many cars that you know had what 
what used to be seen as a cigarette lighter. Mm -hmm. It has the outlet now, but it has maybe a flip cover instead. It doesn't have the pull-out lighter part. It's just an outlet. Yeah, it is. You're right. Even if they do include a quote-unquote cigarette lighter, it is uh, you either can't get the lighter portion or you have to order it. It is meant for power. Yeah, it's an outlet now. Um, and even that's rare. So the last one on my list, this is one of the first ones that popped to mind. I probably should have done this first because, again, it's, it is a – I would say 98% extinct at this point technology. And again, total cop-out, I admit it, it's an easy one. It's pagers. Yeah. It's pagers. The, the days of the beeper, the pager, you know, it had its its run for, I guess, maybe a little a decade and a half or so. And But eventually what happened is the pager became the cell phone. Uh, much more effective tool of communication and just sending some digits to someone. Uh, I always think back to... Was it Star Trek? Uh, I'm going to mess up the number. The one with the whales. I want to say four. Three was Spock. Four was getting Spock back to life. Oh, what? So five. It's four if you don't count the first one like most smart people should do. Wait, uh-huh. wasn't that the Final Frontier? Was it the Final Frontier? No, it was, it was either Voyage four Home. or five. Wasn't Voyage Home was five? Hold on. I I'm think gonna- it's four. I think it's five. Hold so on. we're going to jump ahead in time, but we're going to take this little clip of what we're about to do and put it in the uh, clip show that will be coming up in a, yeah. hopefully a couple of episodes. When, when so. Chase and Chris couldn't figure out what yeah. was going on. So time jump now. All right. So we were uh, before Star that Trek time four. jump. Yeah, we were talking Star, Star Trek. Trek. It was Star four. Trek 4. It was Star Trek 4 where, where Shatner at one point his communicator goes off uh, and the scientist goes, hey, your pocket pager is going off. You know, And he uh. starts talking into it. And it's this whole kind of weird thing. It's like, well, pagers, you don't talk into a pager. Well, that's like Scotty in one of the movies, not to keep this on Star Trek because we have the clip show oh, the coming. But yeah, the hello computer. And now it's kind of like, I bet you a kid, if I showed a five-year-old that movie right now, they'd go, why is this funny? Yeah. Like, why is he talking into the mouse if they know what a mouse is? All right. So why, the why, why were we on Star Trek again? Because of the because pager of pagers. Scene. So yeah. back to pagers, which was my last one. Again, I admit it's, a no, it's an obvious one. That people don't use pagers as much and, and very few people are still using them. Uh, but that's the last one of my five. So what is the final one on your list? Mine is sort of an evolving phase out of technologies. And I'm going to start with payphones, which we're coming full circle here because you also inspired that one a little bit, uh, some of our off-air conversations before recording the show. But not just payphones because we all know that. I want to say – I want to lead into a little bit of, of a segment we're about to do in a moment – I think that payphones and other telephony um, tools and technologies are all continually being phased out. And I think the next one that's going to follow after payphones, right? Now, why are payphones? Because we have cell phones. Well, what if you have a cell phone and you don't have service in an area? You go to a little machine and you buy a SIM card. Now, here's where I think this evolution happens. I think SIM cards do eventually get completely wiped out in favor of eSIM, which we're going to now. And then I believe in the future... and. I, I'm feeling a little bit of deja vu here. I was having this conversation over lunch with some folks. I think eventually with eSIMs, we'll be able to say, all right, I have one line with this amount of data, this phone number, the, all of these things. And uh, by the way, everything will be unlimited. We know that. That's the pr- progress we always take. It comes and goes. But you'll have your, your access, whatever that means, and you'll say, I want these three devices to share it. Like why can I only make calls from a smartphone? If I have my tablet in front of me, I want to make a call from that. I only want to take my phone and I'd really love to have a Star Trek style communicator pin that pairs with the device and I can take that. But I do think SIM cards are the next up. Payphones gone for the most part. SIM cards writing on the wall. 
Absolutely. That's a really good example of one. And again, as many of these as the newer technology, the improvements are made. And you mentioned great point that eventually it all becomes unlimited because right. that's what we're always looking for. You know, bandwidth, data storage, all these different things. We want the unlimited. Eventually, that's what happens. Which technologies will fade away next? Which will stick around? Find out now. Christopher and I have some bonus items, but we're going two different directions with these bonus items. Christopher, what direction are you taking? I'm going to talk about technologies that people keep predicting the extinction of, but are really not going to go extinct anytime soon, if ever. And I'll talk about just two items that people would look at me funny and say that will never go extinct that I do think might go extinct soon. So I'll start off with one of my two technologies. Again, it's a technology that people have been writing the epitaph for, but still keeps coming back. And that's movies in theaters. So many people have said, oh man, with video cassettes, people aren't going to go to the movies anymore. Then it was, you know, DVDs, better quality. Oh, big screen TVs, oh, these big screen TVs, nobody's going to go to the movies anymore. On demand, streaming. Yep. People, you know, same day releases. You know, oh my God, these movies are coming out on streaming devices like the day they come out in theaters now in some cases in the independent world. Yeah, see, and I don't think that'll even kill it. It will never kill it. Here is why. As long as there are kids that are looking for a place to go, as long as there are adults that are looking for a date night away from their kids, as long as people are still physical beings, and we are physical beings, people want places to go to be entertained, to be lost, to have escapism. Yes. And that's what movie theaters are. Movie theaters are one of the last places, and I know one movie theater chain, and they rethought this in a hurry, talked about allowing cell phones. And then rescinded that idea oh, in a hurry. God. But it is one of the places I, that where, I would stop going to that. Where people can go, there is no connection. You can shut off the world for a couple hours. Yeah. You can get lost in it. They've made obviously movie theaters have evolved with the times. Yeah. You know, they've become more people designed where the seats are more comfortable, the concessions are more varied, better quality. And more expensive. Oh, of course. There <laughs> there is a bottom line here. This is a business. I bought a box of candy. And a Coke or something like that or a bottle of water, I think it was. I typically get a big bottle of water at the movies. And they rung it up and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be 10 bucks. It was over $15 for a box of candy and a bottle, a large bottle of water. It is. But even with the price increases, even with that, still. My ticket wasn't that much. No. Well, that, that's often the case. Yeah. Usually concessions are more than a ticket. And a lot of theaters know that too. They, they, they offer discount tickets, but they want to get you on the concessions. But again, movie theaters are not going away. They're changing. You have Excel screens. You have you know, uh, Real 3D, IMAX, all these different improvements to it, the sound systems, everything else. But movie theaters themselves, as long as we are physical beings that are looking for night out, that even at $15 for your snacks, yeah. still relatively inexpensive still compared a good to time other too. items. You know? And some people say, well, some of the movie returns are different. Yes, the industry changes. Movies don't stay in theaters as long anymore, even if they're right. a quote-unquote hit. Right. But at the same time, Movie theaters are not going to go extinct despite many technological profits. Maybe we should pull someone one day for an episode on that because there's a different value proposition of of a long release versus a short release. But I'll save that for here or there. Instead of going back and forth, I think it's better to stay on a theme. So you're talking about technologies that won't go extinct. Do you have another one? Yeah, and this one, again, very simple. um, Wristwatches. Uh, So many people seem to think that 
uh, a wristwatch because of it being a timekeeping device, a, right. a time device. So, you know, well, I can get my time on my cell phone. I can get my time on a Bluetooth. I can get my time. I don't need a watch to know what time it is. So watches are going extinct. They're going to all be replaced by Apple watches, which are essentially, you know, cell phones, devices, whatever smart you want to call watch, it. Smart watch, fitness. The people on, on who just look at their cell phones for the time. There are still going to be watches. Mm-hmm. One reason, obviously, you have a generational thing. But here's another reason. Let's not forget, a watch is not just a functional device. It's jewelry. It's fashion. It's an accessory. The same reason why so many people care about their cell phone cases, right? I mean, you probably know people, I know people who have multiple cell phone cases to match their outfits or bags or, you know, it's a fashion accessory. Same for a watch. And people want Dick Tracy. They want to be able to say, if my Apple Watch or if my Fitbit could just have a, a you know, a, an LTE radio in it so that I don't have to carry f- – I really – going back to I do think the phone form factor has a limited life. Um, but I think you're exactly right with watches that, one, I'll wear a regular old analog watch if I if I damn well please. So people will still be pointing to their wrists to ask what time it is for years and years to come. Yes. Any others? No, I'm just going to do those two for that. So now we'll switch over. So again, I was doing as my bonus two technologies that people predict the extinction of but aren't going anywhere yet. Now your category. My category is these are technologies that people think are safe that I don't think are as safe as uh, the industries would like them to be. And when you say safe, you mean from extinction, from not extinction, from danger. From, from technological obsolescence. Yeah, We're not that's talking really, robots well, taking over the world yet, That's right? really a good um, – a really good uh, – explanation because my first pick is airlines, airplanes. You know, the idea is, well, we get places fast with airplanes, but uh, a lot of times this is an American idea. You know, I've been interviewing a few folks from the UK over the past couple of episodes and they talk about trains and they talk about buses and they talk about other types of transportation. And if you've been listening to those episodes, you've heard the jokes of me saying, oh, you obviously haven't been to Florida and know that everything here is a car. And if you want to leave here, it's either a car or an airplane. Uh, the thing is, and, and I was just as critical on the Hyperloop and and I'm also, like a lot of Americans, somewhat critical on light rail and high speed rail. But the reality is vehicles are not as endangered because we're now technologically advancing them to self-driving. And if you have to pay $1,000 to fly from Florida to California, as opposed to maybe an additional cost of a car that you already have or can rent, maybe it'll cost you $500, and you get all of your family to go free, and it takes an extra day or two, Florida to California, realistically three days at best, but you can play games and you can talk and you can sightsee. I really think that the airplane has more to lose here than vehicles or anything else. I don't know if you agree or disagree. No, that I airplane. agree with that. We'll see. I, I want some feedback from people. Feedback at multinewmedia.com. Yeah. Let us know what you think. And also um, click on the page on our website, multinewmedia.com to fill out our uh, comments form at the bottom to let us know. But my last one very quickly, and I don't think many people disagree with this, wallets. Mm. I think I think that initially people would say wallets are here to stay. You've got your ID, you've got your payment, but with with phones, even though I'm advocating for a future phoneless world, we've got these digital documents. We don't necessarily need a printed driver's license uh, all that far in the future. Well, that's my uh, that's all, all four of our bonus items. Anything else? No, I think it's going to wrap everything up. Again, it was kind of great. I always enjoy doing the list episode. Yeah. Right? I think the listeners really – 
get get a blast out of them too. So going forward, you know, if there's a list that you guys would like to see us tackle, feel free to send it along. Please comment to us. Let us know about it because we're always looking for a good list show to do. And I'll tell you, some people out there, they really like listening to podcasts and others like being on them. Now, if you have a really good list idea and you want to appear, we might twist your arm and just make you do that. Uh, and we'll absolutely not force you to do that if you don't want to. But but uh, there have been a couple questions about how do I get on the show? That's how. You make your check payable to... <laughs> Pay for play. It's it's illegal in radio, but not in podcasts. No, no checks required. Feedback at multinewmedia.com or just go to multinewmedia.com and get in touch with us. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.